Welcome back to the Baseball America Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Ponce from the Prospect Team. As always, alongside me is our lead fantasy analyst, the creator of Robo Scout, Dylan White. Dylan, we have a power packed show today. <laughs> we had uh, a couple of guys called up in the Dodgers system. Gavin Stone, who started tonight, it's not been great. Not been great. Changeup is not landing, coach. And he's just like, middle middling like everything else that he's thrown um we got bobby miller making his major league debut as well uh tomorrow we're recording this on monday it comes out on tuesday you excited for the bobby miller debut do you have uh him rostered anywhere in any of your leagues i do not i had him in two dynasty leagues uh and i traded him last year maybe the beginning of last year um, so now it, I, I like to move my pitching prospects. Um, like I mentioned last week, I moved Tink hence. Um, I've traded a lot of pitching prospects, actually, basically anyone good. I've, I've probably moved. Um, and then when they start to debut, that's when I, I start to wince because this is the thing that, uh, I fear that they start the Grayson Rodriguez and Yuri Perez. All these guys are starting to kind of actualize as they are. Um, so yeah, I don't have Bobby Miller. I didn't pick him up uh, or I didn't pick him up. I, I don't know if I'll be able to pick him up next week in NFBC leagues when he's available. Um, he costs a million fab dollars. Exactly. Exactly. I just, I know uh, <clears throat> I tend to not be able to get these, the, the the crown jewels of each week's fab and i believe he will be the crown jewel unless gavin williams comes up or something beforehand um so yeah i don't i i'm very curious to see how he is just as a baseball fan and as a as a prospect lover to see how he does and to see um just to see all his stuff working in the major leagues i just love to see that um but i don't have an investment in my leagues yeah, and we have a, a power-packed day of pitching prospects tomorrow with uh, Taj Bradley makes a start, Bobby Miller. Uh, you know, Bradley is uh, at home against uh, against Toronto. Miller is on the road against the Braves. And also Yuri Perez makes his third start. We'll see if the regression monster comes here. At Coors, at Colorado, in the altitude. We'll see how that goes. Um, thus far, though... It's been a fairly impressive showing over the first two starts for the young Yuri. Um, what are your thoughts there? I know this is kind of off the cuff, but is that somebody that, you know, how, I don't know, how are you feeling about the, the early performance and, and such? Is he somebody you're, you're rostering in redraft uh, or would, et cetera? Uh, no, but uh, I don't have any redrafts, but I did just start him this week in uh, 15 team dynasty because of the two the two-step, including Coors. So I'm, I'm starting him this week in a, this is a league I'm in first place with, that I share with Tim McLeod. Um, we co-manage and we are doing well and we're putting Yuri in for the two-step where he could blow up. And so, th so that's, that's how I'm, uh, I'm using him right now. But we were just talking just before going on air about the fantasy top 100 we're working on. And 
I have Yuri ahead of Grayson. I, I think you do too. And Painter's down. Like the, the three of those, Yuri Perez, Grayson Rodriguez, and Andrew Painter were kind of in a cluster before the season. Painter's injury has kind of knocked him down. Now Grayson and Yuri are both in the bigs. Um, and I have Yuri ahead of Grayson, and you do too. So I, I, I guess that's a, an act of, of confidence in, in Yuri and what he's done so far. Um, not really a knock on Grayson. I still like Grayson. Um, but uh, I think Yuri is, I think he's the guy that I want um, now, as opposed to Grayson, if I was to do a startup dynasty. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily disagree with that either. Um, I think there's a few guys that I might even want to have like ahead of Grayson. I think one of the, the, the names that I had brought up to you were Grayson versus Brandon Fott, who's also, you know, struggled some. Um or Levator, who we've seen struggle previously in the major leagues, but this is his second or third time, uh, you know, on the active roster. So rest of career, not even rest of season. Are you sticking with Grayson there, or are you leaning more toward one of the other? I, I think it's Grayson. I think I got to go Grayson. I think just even thinking three years ahead, like that Oriole team is just going to be very strong the light up surrounding him so i feel like he'll he'll be like 15 plus wins per year um brandon fat i really like still um the stuff has been getting hit hard in the majors so far but i still believe in it um liberator i i like i like the step forward he's taken this year um i've always thought of him as a kind of a high floor pitcher but now like he's added a couple ticks to his velocity um so I'm not sure how real it is, uh, but I feel that that's raised that floor at a minimum. Um, I just don't know if he has the the ceiling, quote unquote, that like fat has. So it's kind of like, which do you prefer? Do you prefer like the, the safer pick, which I think would be a Liberator, or uh, if you want to kind of swing the fences with fat, but I still think Grayson's ahead of both for me. Yeah, no, I agree as well. Here's a, a more tricky one. Um, Yuri said Yuri. I think I, I agree with that. Um what about him versus Bryce Miller? I think still think it's it's Yuri. Well, I'm saying Grayson. Grayson. Oh, Grayson or Bryce Miller? Oh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with Grayson. I think again, again, it's probably because of the lineup. I just feel that the, the the Oriole hitters are gonna give him the the uh, the the run support he needs to give him some wins, and I just. I'm less confident in Seattle having a, a great lineup. Taj, Taj Bradley or Grayson? Uh, uh, yo, yo, yo. I guess I, I still stick Grayson. I still going to stick Grayson. I think he's been, I think his much maligned performance recently in the majors is, 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 is too much. I think people are over, over uh whatever it's called being too, too critical overreacting uh, reactionary exactly i don't think he's he's actually been that bad uh like his sierra and all that stuff compared to the like the the era um it's much better and, and kind of in line and, and the projections haven't really i uh, kind of still agree like they still kind of have them like mid threes era rest of season and stuff um compared to tosh bradley brandon fat these guys, Gavin Stone, Bobby Miller. So I, I, I still believe in Grayson. Um, and I think he's going to have a very good career. 
Interesting. Yeah, you know, I I guess the last one I was going to ask is Tanner Bybee. Yeah, yeah, I think it's still Grayson for me. I was very, I, I was very close on that one. I can tell you that I actually do have Miller, uh, Bybee, and uh, Taj Bradley all ahead of Grayson Rodriguez. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. I have Painter ahead of Rodriguez as well right now. Um, I'm not like, I'm not like super low, you know, but I've reset some expectations just based on some things that I've seen. Did make a change in his arm slot from the guy that I saw like two years ago. And I don't know if it's necessarily been as fruitful for results and pitch shapes as it has been for health with him. Um, and I think in the long run, you'd rather have him throwing, right? So I do understand that. I, I still think it is a potential top of the rotation type of arm. There's just a lot of pitching prospects that probably much to my detriment, I like right now. Um, and there's some that are showing it in the majors. And I just think inherently those guys have some right now value. Um, and I've, you know, I've always been fans of Bybee and, and Miller. I've grown to like Taj Bradley a lot more after watching him in the major leagues and seeing how the stuff plays. So, um, you know, we'll see. I think time will tell. It's all very close in rankings, I think, for most folks, unless you're very reactionary, which is your prerogative, and that's perfectly fine. Um, but like I have just sorry to interrupt. It just yeah, so I, I do like last 30 day uh thing for my <laughs> for my in season in season tracking. So last 30 days for Grayson. He has a 166 whip and a 586. Yeah, right. So obviously that's terrible. But yep. his XFIP is 4.04 and his Sierra is 4.15. He has a 355 Babbitt. Like it's it's all kind of quote unquote bad luck. I know that's kind of lazy analysis, but like I just think he, everyone's just overreacting. He's got a basically ERA of four if you go by those indicators. And sure. that's solid. And his Babbitt is going to come down. He, he's not really getting a hit that hard. He's had uh, a little bit of a home run issue. He does have a bit of a home run issue, but usually that's, you know, that's not that sticky, which Fair. is why XFIP is better than quote unquote better, more predictive than ERA for ERA. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not great. There's a lot of like the barrel rates higher than average. The O swings worse than average hard hit rate. Like you're saying is uh, worse than average, but, Still, I, I I I just think it's just a blip. He's going to write the ship as long as he doesn't hear the critics and uh, gets into his head. I still think uh, he's the best of that bunch. Fair. I think it's closer than we would have ex- expected, but I, I also just really like a few of those guys that are mixed in there. But we do agree on Yuri, um, and they're all guys that are in the top five or six pitching prospects in the game, I think, probably uh, in most conversations. But... Move on to another one. Let's stay in the Orioles here. This is an Orioles-focused fantasy podcast. Um, what's your level of concern right now with Gunnar Henderson? Yeah, uh, not that high. Not that high at all. Same thing. I looked at my 30-day uh, spreadsheet. If you take um, similar profiles, this actually surprised me. So he has a WRC plus in the last 30 days of 97, which isn't even that bad. So that's league average. And if you take his walk rate, strikeout rate, all that stuff, slugging, ground ball, barrels, contact, swinging strike, and you kind of see who's performed similarly. Uh, 
Julio Rodriguez is actually one of the mo- the closest comps to him. And I didn't realize how bad Julio has been in the last three days. He has a 64 WRC plus. Their walk rate, I- I'm going to read Gunners and then Julio Rodriguez is next. So walk rate, 12.9 for Gunner Henderson, 12.9%. Julio, 11.4. K right, 30.6% for Gunner. Julio, 31%. The contact rate, they're both at 68%. Uh, 68.5% and, oh, sorry, Julio is 65.9%. Like, Julio is not doing well at all. Swinging strike rate for Julio, 17%, and Gunner only at 13%. And the knock on Gunner coming to the year, those who were, like, kind of the lowest on him were saying, like, he hits everything on the ground. His ground ball rate is only 44% in the last 30 days. So, again, I think it's just With sort of 40% like... 40% fly ball rate, I pulled some numbers up as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like he's he's just like have striking out at forty five percent. He's not walking. He's not chasing so much out of the zone, or he's just hitting it on the ground. It's like not like that. It's just he's he has a WRC plus of ninety seven. So it's not that bad at all. Yeah. So if this is as bad as it gets, and this is where people are thinking that he should be benched or he should be sent down or he's got to get his head straight, like I I think people are being way too harsh. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm. A very firm hold on Gunnar Henderson, and you know the the struggles against lefties are very real. Um, that's probably the one true red flag that there's there, and there's obviously like platoon issues. But he's still very young, and I think he can probably write that to at least to a point where it's tolerable. And he just does a ton of damage against right-handers, which are the majority of pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't such a bad thing. So there you go. We we both agree that, you know, um, he's definitely a hold. You are more convicted on Grayson than I am, though. I wouldn't exactly call myself on the panic bus here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, here's an interesting conversation that I heard discussed a little bit, really more in the general construct of like, who's the best prospect in baseball. I think this was in the future projection podcast with Carlos Colazzo, Ben Badler, go check that out. If you guys like uh, baseball conversations and there's like three days worth of content every single time you tune in. Cause they're like two to three hours. They go much longer than you and I do. And they are marathon men, but um, 
you're talking about, you know, who's the best prospect in baseball, sort of their personal opinions. I thought it would be interesting to sort of have this conversation quickly as we're working on this. Um, we have sort of three folks here that would be considered the best prospect in fantasy baseball. So the construct is obviously much heavy, much more heavily slanted toward hitting. You just want to make sure that the guy gets in the lineup, plays enough defense for that. Um, but I think there's three very worthy candidates, maybe four if you want to throw Jordan Walker into the mix. Um, that'd be Jackson Holiday, Jackson Churio, and Ellie De La Cruz. So who's number one for you and why? And I think we can talk through sort of all three of these candidates. Uh I think for fantasy, I think it's Ellie Dela Cruz. I just think he's kind of like the the O'Neill Cruz, with just the huge power and the big speed and the big arm, just super electric. And the the underlying isn't so bad that it's all red flags, and it's like I don't even think he'll be able to 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 meet that to actualize that. So I think it's got to be Ellie Dela Cruz. Um, if I were a general manager, a real life general manager, and I was starting up a, a team, uh, it probably would be Jackson Holiday, though. So I just feel he's a safer floor. I think he's definitely going to be, you know, a you know three to four war player type of thing, um, and consistent. He plays up the middle as as does Ellie. Just I feel like he's a safer pick than Ellie De La Cruz, but I just think Ellie's like that superstar uh, potential. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, there's – you could say there's risk-reward with Ellie De La Cruz. I, I do think that that's a little dramatic based on what we've seen. Yeah, will he strike out some? Will there be some swing and miss, particularly early in his career? Yeah, I think so. Um, but he does damage and does things in a baseball field that I think are only sort of within that – sort of to tease stratosphere where there's just few people that can even do these things super athletic and twitchy and, you know, reactive doing things in games, stealing bases in ways that most players cannot hitting home runs in ways that players cannot. Um, so I, I really struggled between him and Jackson holiday myself. I may actually even flip flop back to Ellie before we release the list. Um, but I ended up going Jackson Holiday. I think part of it is probably safety, but I do think that his plate skills, meaning the decisions he makes, how frequently does his chase rate, all that sort of stuff, but just also the pitches that he swings at in zone. You look at the contact rate, the in zone contact rate, they're all tremendous, like top of the scale sort of numbers pretty much across the board. He hits the ball really hard. That's the other thing from looking at the data that we've been able to take a look at. It's been a week or two, so I don't think that's slowed down based on the numbers he's put up over the last couple of weeks. Um, but the average exit velocity, like really high, 90th percentile is very good. Like, you know, he's he's hit balls hard consistently. And you see that, like he passed the eye test. I saw him for, you know, four days few weeks back and he certainly passed the eye test and that was a very tough hitting environment for left-handers where the you know the, the wind blows in off the ocean and he just took what he got and the guys were pitching around him etc but he just gets on base he consistently hits and i still think if you look at the size of this kid and the type of body he has this is very like area scouty 
um, I think there's projection remaining. So that's that's sort of what's most interesting to me with Holiday is is it's not just this next level skills. There is some pop there and some athleticism, but also some projection to add strength, good weight, and sort of really sort of soup up that profile and take it to the next level. I think that's really possible. Now, I think for real life, the bigger question would be like shortstop or second base or third base. Where does he end up ultimately? I don't know if he's necessarily a shortstop. Um, the bat plays though. And I think we're talking about great players all, all the way, but there's a level of safety for the younger prospects with less experience in a ball versus the guy who's in triple a. And that really doesn't feel right. Um, but I think we're, we're starting to see two candidates really emerge really three. And then neither of us have Jackson Churio, but the site has Jackson Churio number one. And I do think that if you look at some of the underlying numbers with him, his contact rate is actually really good this year. You know, it was around 80% in that 77 to 80% range, which is a hard 55 to 60 kind of area, just in terms of contact rates, as far as prospects go. The chase rate is just around acceptable, which is what it was last year. Like it's not crazy, but he is somebody that does chase out of the zone. The hard hit stuff, the exit velocity stuff is still very good with Churio. And oh, I believe he's the youngest player in double A and he's playing in the Southern League, which has pitching friendly parks and the tacky ball. So there are some elements working against him. And I think if you look at his underlying numbers, like he could be hitting a lot better than he is. I think another guy like this is Jordan Lawler, where he's running a 200 batting average on balls in play, but the exit velocity data is up and is very good. And like some of the other numbers are, are still very strong, you know? Um, so I think Churio is, is still a worthy candidate though. Neither of us have him. And you were a little lower on him coming into the year as well, um, if I recall. But you actually do have him three too. Yeah, I, I try to when I when I start curating these lists, I try to think, okay, what if there was no hype beforehand? Like, how much is just like uh, confirmation bias? Like, what if this person just came out of the blue and was doing this? How excited would we be? Would we put him at number three, or is there pedigree? Is there reputation? Is there expectation? Um, and I think that like what he's doing as a, in his year 19, age 19 season in double a is pretty extraordinary, even though it's a bit like a of a disappointment. If you, if you're, if, if I'm honest with myself, I, I kind of am disappointed that he's not just like taking the whole league by storm. Um, but it's still quite extraordinary. I mean, I, you, you kind of nailed it on the head with the Ellie De La Cruz and, and Jackson Holiday. It's funny that the the guy who has, you know, 100 less fewer than 100 player appearances in high A is, is deemed as the safer pick. Um, <laughs> I actually think that it's it's that is probably the decider for me for Ellie De La Cruz. He's going to be in the majors before Jackson Holiday. So he's going to sure. have a year of of contribution to a dynasty team. Um before Jackson Holiday, and so like that's kind of the decider. If they were both at the same level, um, I, I would probably lean Jackson Holiday to be to be honest, because I just want that safety, um, that that presumed safety. So I do think it's interesting how like that the proximity plays into it. For me, it's a it's a very fun discussion, 
And I think it's probably going to be the last question that we we do here. But um, I threw this one at you. But take one dodging dodge. Yeah. Take one Dodgers pitching prospect for their career, and your options are Bobby Miller, Gavin Stone. We'll put Emmett Sheehan there, and we know there's another like at least an easy dozen that we could throw out there. I'll throw other Dodger if you wanted to throw out another name that you'll take for the remainder of their career. But <laughs> rest of the who, Dodgers, who are you yeah. going with? Okay, so if you ask me um, who I would honestly go with, it might even be Emmett Sheehan. Just the RoboScout stuff just loves him. The Stuff Plus stuff loves him. It's just everything just coming in at face value would be him. But before the season, it would have been Gavin Stone. And so I'm wondering how much of of my decision-making is like recency bias, knowing that, you know, he gave up four runs tonight, Monday night against Atlanta in the first couple innings. He struggled the first time. Um, He hasn't really been taken the minor leagues by storm this year. Like, am I being swayed by that recency, that quote unquote poor performance? And that's why I'm looking elsewhere or thinking he's not going to be the guy that I thought he was. And I probably am. And so I, if I wanted to be smart, it would be Gavin Stone. But if I'm reactionary and just going by, you know, the shiny thing and what everything is pointing to this year, it would be Emmett Sheehan. And Bobby Miller just sits in the middle there. Like he's <laughs> excellent and just kind of hovering in the, uh, in that little thin zone near, near the top. How about, how about you? Who do you like there? Yeah, I think the answer, like the rational answer, as you said, is, is Stone. Um, emotionally, I, I want to go with Sheehan, but I'm not even sure as good as he's been, as much as I like that profile. And I think the opportunity cost still, right? Versus probably these other two guys. Um, wow, do I like Sheehan, but I can't go that far. And I'll even go as far as to say if you told me that in 10 years he wasn't even one of the top five pitchers that this current Dodgers system produced. I don't think that would be all that shocking. I think I'd be more shocked if you told me that about Gavin Stone or even Bobby Miller. And I'm not the biggest Bobby Miller fan, but all that being said, you know, I do think Sheehan's a very good pitching prospect. Um, Things are going well, went five innings the last time. Just got to see the more consistent length with him, which I did see for a year in college and see that he can, you know, sort of push it a little bit. The other thing is he's very fastball heavy. He's a very similar pitcher to Bryce Miller, frankly. There's a lot of similarities, I think, between those two, particularly the style of Arsenal and the the type of fastballs that they throw, both very flat vertical approach angles with some ride. He doesn't get quite as much ride as Bryce Miller does, but I think it's a lower um, release height, if I do remember correctly as well. Um, And it's just a matter of like how do the secondaries look and how do those play, you know, over the course of time? Um, so I think, you know, he's in the conversation, but I feel Bobby Miller feels like the typical Dodgers pitching prospect who's not as good in the minors as he is in the major leagues. And all of a sudden we see him just to like take the reins off and it's just, there's Bobby Miller. Of course, he's probably going to get blown up now that I said this, but I, 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 you know, I don't want to write him off either. But this is a, that's why I brought up the question because I thought it was, sort of an interesting one uh to bring up but 
It's a great question. I just, I, I know we have to wrap up. I just want to just interject one last thing. I, I think Gavin Stone's probably going to have the better career. I think if I, if there was a dynasty startup draft and I could pick Gavin Stone, I might pass and get Sheehan rounds later. Like I think the, the value that you'd have to invest for what you'll get, it's, it's probably for me, it's a better investment. Sheehan later than Gavin Stone earlier. Just, I think what yeah. the value is right now the perceived value, if that makes sense. No, I, it makes total and complete sense to me a hundred percent, but doing anything else you wanted to say before we wrap this up, because uh, you are celebrating uh, uh, May two, May two, four, right? May two, four. That's right. May two, four. Yeah. Right. Hey, <laughs> I, today. <laughs> I apologize to the listeners. If they hear fireworks in the background or my dog barking at the fireworks, it's a, uh, a Canadian holiday, Monday, uh, and that's when people get to shoot off fireworks. That and, and the July uh, long weekend of the two days that the fireworks come out, and it's actually th- this is the this is the weekend that most of the fireworks comes out. More of the you can go down to the lake and, and watch the fireworks. Interesting, very interesting <laughs> conversation. Very good. All right, well, enjoy the rest of your holiday evening. Uh, this has been Jeff Ponce. That's Dylan White. We are uh, the fantasy podcast here on Baseball America. Thanks for tuning in.